This is exactly right. Murder, the mini-sode, where we read you your stuff that you've written us. Congratulations. You wrote it in. <laughs> Thanks we for got it. doing our work for us. You did the work. Now we get the rewards. We literally reading. couldn't do it without you. <laughs> literally, thank you so, so much. Do you want me to go first? Sure. Okay. Also, we're recording this uh, the week before it's airing. Anything's possible in our culture, in our world right now. Yeah. But we hope you're safe and strong and fighting the good fight. That's right. And in the meantime, let me tell you about when Claire's great grandfather stayed sexy and was subsequently murdered because of it. <laughs> great. I, I went ahead and labeled this as geographically accurate as possible in case you do D.C. hometowns. While I was home in the suburbs of D.C. for Thanksgiving, I was finally able to get the story of how my mom's grandfather was murdered. For years, she was she never spoke about it and would always change the subject when I asked. After a few glasses of wine and light prying, I finally got the story that I simply had to share it with you all. Mm. My grandfather was the youngest of nine children, and his father, my great-grandfather, John, was a butcher. My family jokes that my great-grandmother married him to make sure she always had enough food for her kids. Mm -hmm. My grandma, too. <laughs> married a butcher. Yep. Hell yes. Uh, great-grandfather John worked in Virginia as a butcher during the Great Depression, a time where, as you can imagine, no one could afford to buy meat. It is important to note that this was pre-civil rights era and Virginia was deeply segregated. This meant the people of color could only purchase meat from butchers through the side or back doors mm. and could not go through the front door. Fuck that shit. Am I right? Mm -hmm. In parentheses. My great-grandfather, John, thought the rules were stupid and wanted anyone who could afford meat to feel welcome in his store. Apparently, one day, John was seen by some local Klansmen, quote-unquote, letting people of color come through the front door to buy meat from him. That night, the local chapter of the KKK murdered my great-grandfather outside his store while he was locking up. In a weird way, I'm extremely proud that he was murdered for being ahead of his time by not being a racist piece of shit. So while he was indeed murdered, I would also argue that he stayed sexy by not being a discriminating asshole. Oh, and don't worry about my grandfather and his eight siblings. My great-grandmother married another butcher after John's murder. <laughs> Love you guys. Can't wait to see y'all in D.C., Claire. Wow. I mean, yep. yeah, you sacrificed your life for the greater good and this and and not being a piece of shit. Like, what more, what more yeah. could you wish for? It's, uh, you know, a makes, lot more. It makes you, it makes you think that maybe we should all donate fifty bucks to Black Lives Matter if we can. That's Why a, not? Or any of the uh, great idea. associated jail fund or bail funds uh, out there. Mm -hmm. There's lots of things you can find on social media mm -hmm. to be an active participant in helping this movement and That's the right. people that are that are on the front lines. ACLU is a great place to do it. Okay, a lot of a lot of great ones. So I thought we'd get real dark and deep and sad and do uh, someone wrote in the hometown murder of Matthew Shepard. Wow. Which somehow we've never done. It's an important story. So let's get to it. I'm from the good state of Wyoming. And for those who don't know, because I get the question a lot, Wyoming is located in the Midwest United States above Colorado. <laughs> Thank you. A total, the total population for the state is 50,000, which is fucking crazy. It's tiny and is yep. overall a laid back state. 
My story is about the murder of Matthew Shepard. Matthew Shepard was born in Casper, Wyoming in 1976. He was strongly present in the theater community, attending the American School in Switzerland, Catawaba College, Casper College, and became the first year, a first year political science major at the University of Wyoming in Laramie with a minor in languages. In 1995, Shepard was beaten and raped during a high school trip to Morocco. According to his mom, this caused him to suffer from extreme depression and anxiety, ultimately believed to be the reason that he returned uh, to go to school back home. Not long after his return home on the night of October 6, 1998, fuck it, I was 18, I remember this fucking clearly, Matthew was approached by Aaron McKinney and Russell Henderson at the Fireside Lodge in Laramie. All three of them were in their early 20s. McKinney and Henderson offered to give Matthew a ride home. They drove uh, to a remote area in Laramie where they robbed, pistol whipped, and tortured Matthew and then tied him to a fence and left him to die. Matthew was found 18 hours later in a coma by a biker and died six days later at the age of 21. Uh At McKinney's November 1998 pretrial hearing, McKinney had stated in an interview on October 9th that he and Henderson had identified Shepard as a robbery target and pretended to be gay to lure him out to their truck and that McKinney had attacked Shepard after Shepard put his hand on McKinney's knee. Aaron McKinney and Russell Henderson were charged with first degree murder following Shepard's death. Both McKinney and Henderson were convicted of the murder and each received two consecutive life sentences. Matthew's murder brought national and international attention to hate crime legislation at the state and federal levels. In October 2009, the United States Congress passed the Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act, commonly known uh, as the Matthew Shepard Act. And October 28, 2009, President Barack Obama signed the established signed and established the Matthew Shepard Foundation. Shepard's death inspired films, novels, plays, and songs, most commonly American Triangle by Elton John and The Laramie Project, which I performed when I was in high school as my theater teacher was best friends with Matthew. Mm. The play is all 100 interviews compiled together by uh, Moises Kaufman. All of those were around the area. Uh, of those who were around the area during the time who knew Matthew, the protesters, both good and bad, officers on the scene, and even some transcripts from trial. His dad described him as an optimistic and accepting young man who had a special gift of relating to almost everyone. He was the type of person who was very approachable and always looked to new challenges. Matthew had a great passion for equality and always stood up for the acceptance of people's differences. I know this story is heavy, but with Pride Month and current events of the world, I think it's important to share as things are changing, but not changing enough. I attached a link to the Matthew Shepard Foundation, which is an LGB nonprofit organization headquartered in Casper, Wyoming by Dennis and Judy Shepard in the memory of Matthew. The foundation runs education, outreach and advocacy programs should anyone want to donate. Stay sexy and be the voice for the voiceless Ashton. Amazing job, Ashton. That was great. I remember so well. I mean, it's it so horrible. Such a horrible, horrible story. But also, I think that's you know, um, they make a great point in that email, which is kind of like it's Pride Month, and that's that's the reason that that there is Pride Month. Yeah. It's like it's it's parties, it's parades. I mean, not this year, not quarantine. No. What will they do in quarantine? Um, but I mean, there's there's the fun aspect, which is the which is basically living your life and celebrating your life. Mm-hmm. But then there also is like what 
people have had to come through in this country because they were gay. And it's important to talk about it. And it's important to talk about those struggles. Yeah. The subject of this uh, email is baby Jessica's predecessor. Ooh. Now, this happens a lot when we do a story or talk about one specific thing. It happens more with recommendations where you'll recommend one show and then there'll be all these people that come to me on Twitter going, have you ever watched this? And it's like, yes, <laughs> I was talking about the other thing that right. person did. But that doesn't mean that I don't know about every other thing they've done. You would m maybe want to assume I would know it. <laughs> it's really hilarious to me. But so these got brought up a lot. But I actually read about all of these because this story of somebody caught trapped in a place and capturing the imagination of America mm, has mm -hmm. happened. Uh, well, there were two big ones before baby Jessica. Okay. And so this is one of them. When I saw this, I was like, oh, great. Cause now someone's done the work for me. <laughs> okay. And it won't look like I'm a weird trapped in a well obsessive. <laughs> Which we all know you are. Which we, I am. Yes. Now imagine if there was a pervert trapped in a well. <gasps> in a I, fucking sinkhole inside in of a, a well. <laughs> and he's a and pervert. He's a pervert, but he's perverted for treasure. Just yeah. like me. Baby Jessica's predecessor. Hey, Queens, I just finished your May 7th episode, Symbolic Violins. And I, <laughs> and I was struck by the similarities between baby Jessica's story and something that happened back in 1925. Oh. Have you read about Floyd Collins? Yes, I have. Fair warning. It's not a happy ending. Oh, fuck. Yeah, this, I don't think I know I this one. It's pretty amazing. In the early 20th century, Kentucky went through a period known as the Cave Wars, where explorers were constantly competing to commercialize the biggest and best cave system underground, cool. which is hilarious. <laughs> Do you remember the mystery spot up in Northern California? Yeah, I know the stickers. I don't know the spot. Yeah. <laughs> the bumper stickers you see all the yes. time. Yeah. They're so cool. They're the original ones from the 50s because my there's a classic picture of my dad's family. Um, <laughs> they lived in the Sunset District in San Francisco, nine Irish kids. And apparently their kitchen table or their dining room table where they all ate mm -hmm. had bedrooms bordering the room. I'm sure it was just a tiny yeah. house. So like... So behind, there's one picture my dad showed me. He goes, hey, that was my bedroom. And it's m m them sitting at the dinner table. But behind them is a bedroom door with a mystery spot bumper sticker on the door. Oh, my God. So, so long always, ago. Yeah, I know. It's like literally from wow. like 1958. Okay. Anyway, that was just a personal brag that I knew about the mystery spot. But I, I just that. love this idea. This is like this was early entertainment for er, like early America. Yeah, go to like, a cave. Caves. No, we have a better cave. <laughs> Like the like cave wars. <laughs> okay. 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 I'm into it. Okay. Floyd had already had some moderate success with his crystal cave, mm -hmm. but it was remote and he was super ambitious. He wanted to open a cave closer to the public and make a pretty penny. So he made an agreement to open up a new option called Sand Cave on his neighbor's property and share the profits. While he was working, parentheses crawling through a all caps literal hole in the ground in order to widen the passengers passageways and parentheses close parentheses a falling rock pinned his left leg and trapped him 150 feet underground oh. stuck in a freaking crawl space with his lamp extinguished and no food or water he was found the next day by his family and friends who sent him crackers to eat and an electric lamp for light and warmth he managed to survive underground for more than a week what? while the folks above organized rescue options a local journalist <laughs> Skeets Miller Skeets 
Skeets Miller reported daily on the rescue efforts. He was a smallish dude, so he was able to crawl down into the hole for an interview with Floyd. Whoa. In parentheses, all caps. An underground interview. Come on, journalism. I uh, hope they gave him fucking opium, too, because I mean, what please, a bummer. For real. That's such a that's such a nice idea. Here, Floyd, put this in your cheek and just let it dissolve. Smoke this. He was even um, he was even able to dig a lot of the earth away from Floyd's body in an attempt to aid rescuers. His reports were distributed and printed in papers all across the country, which led to a national interest in Floyd's situation. Radio broadcasts and news bulletins drew unimaginable crowds to the scene, hmm. and the grounds above the cave were covered with vendors, reporters, and thousands of tourists. It was the third biggest media event of its time. What? It was a goddamn circus complete with popcorn. Wow. Unfortunately, the cave passage suffered a collapse in two places during rescue attacks. Maybe because all the fucking popcorn makers and, yeah. and tourists are above him. I think this was back before people understood that you could absolutely <laughs> set a perimeter and people will stand wherever you say. Yes. You don't have to let him come right up to the mouth of the hole. Right. Which is the same thing as the mouth and the hole. <clears throat> Leaders tried to dig a lateral tunnel above Floyd, but by the time his body was reached, he had already died of exposure. Mm. They left his body there and filled the shaft with debris while the whole mess of media and tourists quickly dispersed. Two months later, Floyd's brother Homer ended up digging a new tunnel on the opposite side of the cave passage to retrieve his body and give him a proper burial. Aww. That's, and is, if that wasn't enough, in 1927, Floyd's father sold the homestead and the cave and the new owner, all caps, displayed Floyd's body in a glass-topped coffin inside Crystal Cave. What? Two years later, yeah, his fucking body was stolen. When it was recovered, the injured left leg was missing. <gasps> Jesus, just let the dude rest in peace. <laughs> the reason I know so much about a man dying in a Kentucky cave, it's a musical. <laughs> It's called Floyd Collins, and it was the first show I did with Syracuse University's musical theater program. Nice. I won't force feed you any of the videos of me in the show. Um, I, <laughs> I wish would you would. love that. We're in a quarantine. Please. I won't force feed you any videos of me in the show, but I will share with you this Spotify link to one of the most beautifully heartbreaking songs I've ever heard. It's called How Glory Goes. This is Floyd stuck in the cave contemplating what heaven will be like when he gets there. Oh, my God. Wow. Anyway, I live in Manhattan, which means I've barely left my apartment since mid-March. I've taken to climbing all the stairs in my building for exercise. And the uh, the only thing that gets me through this torture is your podcast. Aww. Thank you for all the incredible philanthropic work you do. And for always making me laugh out loud. Love, Victoria. Philanthropic? Well, philanthropic. That's so nice. That is nice. Thank you. Like we're in the Philharmonic. I always... <laughs> George, I didn't know you played the oboe. <laughs> <laughs> great that's a great one like if you're like karen do you know this one just send the hometown instead i'm like you describe it i love yeah, the like totally. follow-ups you know like oh well actually my mother-in-law was there the thing you're telling and here's her experience and here's a story you didn't know about that Those it's are like great. A, it's like a telephone game mm -hmm. through the podcast where it's like you know that you mentioned floyd being stuck in a cave well yeah. there was also it's the best right those are great if you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. 
Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant-quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Okay. I'm not going to read the, the subject line. Okay. Hey there, ladies, and happy almost birthday to my birthday twin, Georgia. It's me. Oh. Oh. Okay, here goes. So we're a little early with almost birthday. Well, this okay, is for next week, though. So look, that's fine. Oh, that's wait. Fine. Today's my birthday, considering if it, this is going up next Monday. So today's our birthday, me and Kendall. Really? Happy Are you sure? Birth. 
No. Isn't your birthday June 8th? Yeah, isn't next week June 8th? Uh, no. Next Monday is, yeah, next Monday is June 8th. <gasps> Happy birthday! No, no, no. It's canceled this year. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm donating Georgia, my birthday to anyone God who needs it. Damn it. I didn't even think to do the forward time math of <laughs> being matter. the one that says happy birthday to you at the top of the show. Look, next year in Paris. Oh, we're going to have a birthday bash right. on the Eiffel Tower. Okay. Happy birthday. <laughs> we love you, Georgia. Thank you. Happy birthday, Kendall, too. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, here Fine. goes. In the early 2000s, a couple in my town, we'll call them Rich and Diane, were going through a bitter divorce and there were disputes over the rock quarry that they owned together, which <laughs> rock quarries in any fucking disappearance story Red flag. Bad news. Yeah. yeah, not good. Not good. As well as custody of their two daughters who were splitting time between each parent's house. One evening, Rich brought his daughters to Diane's house to stay for the week. But when they get there, they realize she was gone. Like, done, disappeared, gone. Mm. No sign of her and no indication that she took anything with her, which was, of course, very suspicious. Fast forward two years and she's still missing and rumors are swirling around our small town because it's always the husband, right? Right. But Rich has an alibi and have been cleared, have been cleared by the cops. Due to Diane's disappearance, Rich got all rights to the rock quarry and was still running it like before. One day, he and his business partner were digging near a damaged well and they hit a large chunk of concrete, which <sighs> shouldn't have been there, which they thought was really curious. They kept digging and uncovered a dead dog. Okay, that's even weirder, they thought. And then they pulled up a chunk of concrete with a human hand sticking out of it. Yep, they accidentally dug up Diane's discarded body. Oh it took God. the police a while to unravel the mystery, but it turns out that Diane was seeing a much younger man that worked at their quarry at the time of her disappearance. And they went on a date to go sight in some rifles. And this says small town shit. <laughs> turns out the guy ended up accidentally shooting her in the head in his truck as they were getting out. And he freaked out and didn't think anyone would believe him. So he dismembered and hid her body on the very quarry that she owned. Oh, Unfortunately, he wasn't a prime spot picker and ended up getting caught in his recklessness. But it turned out to be Diane's pet dog that was buried above her to throw off anyone digging. He must have gotten this idea by watching really bad true crime TV shows like my sister and I used to because this is how I found out my sister was a murderino when we were kids when she casually told me, quote, if you want to hide a body, just bury it standing up and put a dead dog above it to throw off whoever is digging. <laughs> what the fuck, Cassie? You're nine. <laughs> Although Cassie, I think this story Cassie, you can come into my room That's if right, you want Cassie. to. <laughs> Cassie, you're cool. Although I think this story disproves that theory and shows that anything can happen to solve a cold case when you least expect it. SSDGM Kendall. Wow. Yeah. And also that the husband had to find his own missing yeah. wife. And was of course a suspect. Right. Like I mean I'm sure about it. I'm sure some people still think he had something to do with it cuz it's so suspicious, right. but Right. All right. So I'm going to I'm going to turn I'm going to now take another left turn for us. Let's do it. And the subject line of this email is a classic MFM perv. Hi, everybody. <laughs> we love those guys. <laughs> Hi, everybody. For your consideration, I am submitting this entry for inclusion in the lengthy canon of MFM pervs. He didn't jerk off with cheese that I know of, Aww. but I think he's still worthy. <laughs> Okay. Oh my God, I love it. This guy. We should have done a perv trigger warning before uh, for anybody that's doing it. We don't know yet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. This could be really not that big of a deal. This guy terrorized my hometown of Newark, Delaware. Um, 
So it might not be pronounced Newark because you know mm. how they do the state to state name change. Thing, yeah, they love to do that. They love to do it. I'm going to do the New Jersey pronunciation. New York, Newark, Delaware, when I was a student at the university there in August of 2010, he started breaking into the houses of female students and making his way to their bedrooms where he would proceed to get under the covers and start spooning them. Oh, God. Yeah. When the girls woke up to the random ass stranger cuddling them, he would flee into the night. Naturally, the town was quickly ablaze with rumor and suspicion about a man who became known as the Newark Napper. Fortunately, one day a police officer saw the Napper walking down the street and recognized his face from a composite sketch made from victim accounts. Oh, my God. Working all the time. He was arrested and charged with burglary, unlawful sexual contact and offensive touching. As far as I know, he was convicted because the attack stopped as quickly as they began. Shit. When the Napper's identity was revealed, I was shocked to discover that I had once hung out with him. small towns he played in the university jazz ensemble oh, well of course get your trombone you child what do you think is happening take your oboe <laughs> and shove it bone and get the hell out of my bed that's right he played in the university jazz ensemble with a good friend of mine one night my roommates and i had a party and that friend brought a few of his jazz bandmates i have a vivid memory of being in my living room and the person i would later learn was the newark napper bursting into song singing several acapella verses of some brazilian bossa nova no. tune <laughs> i remember thinking huh this guy seems a little off and how <laughs> This is one of the most beautifully written hometowns we've gotten ever. That's good shit. Such a good job. Okay. Anyway, thanks for reading and for creating something as reliably entertaining as this podcast. You guys are hilarious. Also, shout out to my wife, Kate, who's been listening to MFM for years and told me several times that I needed to start. She was right Yay. per usual. Oh, good job. Stay sexy. And if someone starts singing Brazilian acapella at your college party, call the fucking FBI, <laughs> Mike. Nice one, yes, Mike. It's not an overreaction. <laughs> Just do it. It's the real deal. Anytime acapella comes up oh. in a non-acapella festival situation, absolutely, it is your right. Listen, to if you're call like, the if authors. you're going to go to Asphalt on the Green or whatever and go to the <laughs> acapella fucking concert, fine, sing it, but not at a fucking college party. If it's a voluntary thing you bought tickets for because you just love Pitch Perfect so much yeah. as a film, and uh, that's on you. No, if someone brings acapella into your natural environs right and you get you get to absolutely how about just, unprompted acapella is it fucking yes. a crime sorry okay here's my last one it's, so sorry sorry okay. that we're right the, uh, i'm sorry about your party okay this one's a meet cute okay <laughs> this one uh i'm not gonna read you this, uh, this title but the beginning starts spooky quarantine which i guess is the new <laughs> spook <laughs> it would go spooky quarantine yeah yeah okay. <laughs> i just heard you lovely ladies discussing all the reasons never to go in a balcony at a party but i hey. have but i have one. Oh. I was living in Baltimore in my early 20s in a cute little row home when my roommates and I decided to host a 4th of July barbecue. We each invited people and through a crazy series of serendipitous events, a man from Alabama who was living in my home city of Philly ended up at the party with a friend, neither of them really knowing anyone. When we all went up to the roof deck to watch the fireworks, we sat on the deck railing and struck up a conversation about how much we love Philadelphia. With that, he fell backwards off the railing, <laughs> falling flat off the 
he, he's fine. Falling okay. flat on the roof next door, about a 10 foot drop. Oh, shit. I oh, immediately good. burst into tears, convinced <laughs> I would be charged in the death of a complete stranger at my house. But he popped up, dusted himself off, and asked me out to the bar. <gasps> oh! The rest is history. We've been married for two years and had our first child <laughs> a few months ago. So moral of the story, if you're going to go to the deck at a party, it better be to meet your spouse. Oh. SSDGM and stay the fuck home, Anna. You know, that's sweet. He fell you know, off the I, I hope that they got married on both of those roofs. So he stood on the lower <laughs> one. Oh my god! If you proposed from the lower yeah. roof and got down a like, listen, remember, remember when we went through the hardest thing in your life, and not that big of a deal to me. Let's make it. How about? Let's. I fell for you. <laughs> I've fallen in love with you, and I can't get up. <laughs> out of love with you so please of, marry me i can't get out of love with you because i'm an old 78 year old woman in my own kitchen send emotionally help. emotionally for you yes <laughs> send help get a strong neighbor to come by and pick up my body that's how hard i've fallen for oh. you that was great it's you know it's funny after we talked about those porch like things because we were going oh was it this one no it was that one yeah, yeah. it was there's been so many yes there's, there's been, been so, so many, many over the years. It's there's and I'm sure in every single city. Yeah. It's, every like horrible. I feel like every party city story. that you can think of, there's been a balcony collapse. Or a, and I bet you at a two story party city, there's been one as well. <laughs> That's right. At every party, party city store. from all over the across this fine land. I feel like this quarantine, I've missed party city. Most. <laughs> <laughs> Out of Just everything kidding. I've missed. If you could go I back was, and do one thing. I would go to Party City and lick all the balloons <laughs> pre-core. I just miss. Pre-corona. I wish I could go I, to the poorly named Sioux Plantation and just stick my hands <laughs> in those garbanzo bean tubs. <laughs> squish them around. I love doing that. I love. I wish that I could get take a couple pieces of pizza with my bare hand <laughs> and then change my mind and put them back with the, diff, with the other bare hand. That's right. Just in case. <laughs> I want to touch all the toothpicks before I figure out which toothpick I want to <laughs> use on my teeth. That was the first in this quarantine. The first time I went grocery shopping, I would stand there and look at everything because I always yeah. do want to kind of like touch things or at least check ex expirations dates. Sure. And I would just stand there staring and then grab something really fast. You and like, can't touch it. You, you, you can't touch things like you used to and then just put them back. And one time I actually found a bunch of apples and picked four of them out and then realized that the better apples were over right behind me. So I, can't, I went over to the produce guy and I was like, hey, I just pick these and I don't want to put them back and the guy goes it's fine put them back <laughs> oh like, he yeah. was so over it he's just like lady just, lady just put them back if lady. you care if you're like that conscientious then you're probably you probably wash your hands regularly he knew that I had washed my hands at my home right I did the old Purell I'm in not the trying car. to spread misinformation but yeah but still um stay home stay safe Stay strong, cool and strong. Oh, stay cool for sure. Yeah. And stay in school conceptually. But we know that most of you are out of school in the fall if you can. But otherwise, do it from online at home. Yeah, there's Phoenix. also great, great courses on <laughs> Amazon Prime. <laughs> and But mostly stay sexy. <laughs> Don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? Ah.